Yo, what's up everyone? My name is Joshua Daniel McConnell, but you can call me Jazz. <laughs> I post weekly podcasts every Thursday, thus the name Jazz on Thursdays. Today we shall be talking about something called only child syndrome, the stigma behind it, and how we can realize these stigmas and call them out. Enjoy. Before we skinny dip into this topic, the word of the week today is discombobulated. (laughs) Quite a long word, I know. But you can use this word to knock out people and obviously bring up your points or make someone laugh or just simply make them feel like they're not up to your standards or your levels. (laughs) How you spell the word is D-I-S-C-O-M-B-U-L-A-T-E-D, discombobulated. And what it basically means is extremely, extremely confused. Like, you are really confused on something. Like, the type of confused where your phone is ringing, but then you answer and then, like, your phone explodes in your butt. Like, that's how confused... The word that's that's the word you use when you are that confused. You might think it's similar to the word perplexed, but it's not. Perplexed is when you can't understand something. Confused is when you think is you can't even think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Write it down in the comments. But I'm not going to read them. Now that that's out of the way. Now that that's out of the way. Let's skinny dip into. Only child syndrome. What is it Josh? What is it Jazz? What is only child syndrome? Well wait. I was about to explain. Only child syndrome is. Is basically a stigma. It's basically a stigma directed towards only children. And it basically says that only children are bossy, like they boss people around, they're spoiled, like they get everything they want, they're naggy, they're lonely, they're over-dependent on people, especially their parents or guardians, or they're clingy. Which is which is a stereotype, which is a, it's a stigmatized stereotype, you know? Which, it's not true. It's not true at all. Actually, Susan Newman, a PhD in psychology and who has been studying only children for about two decades, which means 20 years, if you didn't know what two decades is... <laughs> And she says that the stigma is false. No shit, hey. (laughs) You know, studies 
actually show that only children are special. You know what? I, I believe no one is special, but they say only children are the same as all kinds of children, which is true. I mean, what should, you know, it's not like they have an extra toe or something. And if they do, good for them, man. Make that curveball curve twice. Actually, a lot of traits, based on this research, a lot of traits that only children show is that they are more self-confident than, than children with siblings and that they are well-organized. I can actually testify to this one. I have, I have a lot of friends who have siblings. Some, they share a room with their siblings. And to be honest with you, to be like really honest with you, they don't know how to take care of their room or their rooms. It's, it's a mess, man. It's a mess. Maybe it's just being a guy. Sure thing. However, bruh, it's the two of you. Like one should like maybe pack the clothes on the floor and then the other one should pack the clothes from the toilet. And the other one pack, just pack your shit, bro. <laughs> just pack your shit. And um, back on the traits that only children have, they're more ambitious. They're more ambitious towards their goals. This is not saying that people who have siblings are not ambitious. I know some are, like some are literally starting their own shit. Some are doing the most with themselves and their crafts. However, I know others that have potential but they they just lack confidence hey man confidence is needed in this world another thing about only children is that they obviously get um full undivided attention full divided undetention and emotional support from their parents or their guardians and i don't have to explain that point to you I'm sure you agree there. And it actually, this is a good thing. Why, you might ask. Well, listen, bruh, just, just chill. Well, this is because, like, it helps them, it helps them to get a strong identity of themselves. It helps them to kind of develop their own self, like, block by block, piecing themselves together from the bottom going up, you know. Again, it's not like siblings, people with siblings can't do this, but it's not as easy or it's not as, you see, I'm discombobulated now. I'm discombobulated. However, you get my point. Actually, since only children get their parents or guardians undivided attention, they don't really have to compete for attention. No shit, hey? But like facts, I have to, I have to point this out because it leads on to the other points. They don't have to compete for attention. And this actually, this actually helps them. No, 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 it doesn't help them. They don't only have to not compete for attention. They have their needs addressed. Like if, if I need like, obviously, well, although clothes are not a need, well, they are now because you can't just walk around naked, especially in the weather we're having today. 
Jesus. Although clothes are not that much of a need in my eyes, I might need a new pair of clothes. And they might be like, bro, you got clothes. But then obviously later on they would get me clothes. But if, if a sibling, if someone who has a sibling wants to get clothes, their parents, their parents or guardian are going to think like, ah, what about the other one now? Ah, if I get this one, the other one will ask. Damn it. And they don't want to put themselves in that position. I, I wouldn't put myself in that position of getting one clothes and then the other one wouldn't get. So rather I'll just not get them any clothes at all or get or save up the guap and then get them both clothes and be like, here you go. You Anyways, the thing about only children, people think that only children are lonely and that they're alone. Being alone and being lonely are two different boxes of frogs, guys. Like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean two, two, two different ones? Bruh, alone, lonely, isn't that the same thing? Well, it's not, John. It's not. It's actually not. Being alone is obviously where, I'm sure you guys have heard this quote before, but being alone is where it's just you and you. But being lonely is when you're with a crowd of people and you feel like an outcast. Everyone feels lonely. Everyone. But being alone, very few people feel alone at times. And I can testify to that. Like me, my parents are this thing called social butterflies, you know? They have these these friends that they keep visiting or these events that they keep going to. And I'm at home alone with the dogs like most of the time. So obviously I have to preoccupy myself. That's why I do the things that I do. Actually, it's actually a blessing in disguise being alone. It's a blessing in disguise. And studies say that it keeps... It makes the child more creative hmm, and more focused on whatever they're doing, which is true because they're basically undistracted. If I had a sibling, I think it's either I would kill them or I would have arguments with them every single time, which would distract me from my goals. I might, I might not have a sibling Therefore, I can't really say that. But based on what I've observed or, <clears throat> or based on what I've saw, this is actually the case. Of course, there are times where the sibling is like, yo, bro, go, go finish that drawing. Go, go study consumer studies, dude. Go do this. Go do that. And then they're like, thanks, dude. Or thanks, hun. Or I don't know any girls that call their sisters hun. Actually, call them bitches like thanks bitch and he's like sure thing and then they high five <laughs> anyways however all that i've said um being an only child is not perfect nothing is perfect being an only child is not perfect or because of the way like a way a parent or guardian raises a child it impacts them when they grow up it impacts them when they grow up. Here are some examples. Well, we all know that some parents are overprotective. 
Now imagine a parent that has only one child. Don't you think they'll be extra protective? Hmm? I think they would. I think they would. I remember... I have this friend of mine. Hey, well, he's no more in the country, which is sad. Um, his mom, his mom is like, um, she's a really loving and caring person, you know, and she's really, she's really protective about her son. We can't. I can't tease him. I can't give him a nice punch on the shoulder just for fun. Even though, like, he knows I'm just roughhousing. Even though he knows I'm just roughhousing and just being me. Just, you know, being that guy. But then the mother takes it to the... She, the mother takes it to the heart, dude. And she just holds him tight and never lets him go. Thing is, like, I don't... I don't have anything against uh, overprotective... Well, actually, I do. I'm lying. I have a thing against protective and overprotective parents. It's as if it's as if they don't want their child to go fall down like he's riding a damn bicycle or a skateboard. He's expected to fall down. How else is he supposed to learn? Hmm? How else is he supposed to learn? And being an overprotective parent or guardian, they're not going to it really it really impacts the child like at a young age it's cool because children at a young age they they're really fragile they're like a glass rose you have to be really delicate with it i don't know what the fuck a glass rose is but you get what i'm saying you have to be really delicate and fra- and because they're so fragile and now imagine if the child the the glass rose has been held with that fragility all their life. Imagine when they grow up and they're in the real world. No one is going to hold them in that fragile way. People are going to break them on purpose. They're going to throw them against the wall. They're going to tramp on them. They're going to put them under a seat and sit on them. Like, <laughs> not in a good way, but like, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but yeah. Also, some parents, <laughs> some parents are really unrealistic. That's the second, that's the second problem. That's the second, whatever. Some parents are unrealistic. They set unrealistic goals for their children. Yeah. Gates, <laughs> Gates, gets A's. Straight A's. A pluses. A pl- is it A pluses or A plays? A pluses. <clears throat> do this. Do that. Get good marks so you can be a good person. Nonsense. Imagine that. Imagine that. And actually, this has a negative effect on the child. The parents setting unrealistic goals or expectations for the child will make the child prone to being a perfectionist. It will make the child prone to being a perfectionist. And nobody likes a perfectionist. I think people are scared of perfectionists. They get repelled from perfectionists. I have actually repelled people before because of my perfectionism, but I've learned from my from my vices and I've learned to let it go. 
I have this friend who's a kid. He's actually nine years old. And I asked him what was his morning routine. And it was simple, simple stuff. Wake up, pee, brush your teeth, blah, blah, blah. And then he's nine, keep in mind. He's nine years old, keep in mind. So he says after he's done eating, he studies for two hours. He studies for two... He's a kid, guys. He's nine. He's supposed to be learning how to do a front flip and then five years later, he's not going to even need to learn how to do a front flip because he's going to need to learn how to mac on hands or, or learn how to like draw or something like that, you know, something relevant in the world. Two hours. No, no, man. I asked him, why does he do that? He's like, no, my father says I must. My father says I must be an engineer. I'm like, do you want to be an engineer? He's like, no, I don't want to be an engineer. I want to be an I want to be an astronaut. I'm like, that's cool. Uh, similar, but like, that's cool. Yeah, no. Parents. I call those kind of parents PPs. <laughs> what is a PP, Jazz? Well, a PP is a. Hmm, I don't know actually a parent that's too too controlling well why pp i don't know bro i don't know i'm just i'm just chilling and lastly um we have parents that call all the shots yeah you see i remember this was my life like a while ago my parents used to tell me what to wear i was a kid of course they used to tell me what to wear what to eat, when to eat, all these things, dude. And it kind of messed me up a bit because I would have to, growing up, I wouldn't have, I didn't have taste. I didn't have individualistic taste. I would always ask people, um, can, excuse me, I would ask people, um, can I, can I do this? Uh, can I do that, John? And then John would be like, no. Meantime, he's just playing around. But me, Always expecting someone to tell me what to do. I'll take it to the heart. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Actually, back back to that kid who who's the nine year old kid. I was with him last week um, on Black Friday. Happy Black, Happy belated Black Friday. <laughs> Anyways, so we were by the food courts, and you know, by the food courts, there are like nine different fast food outlets. And picking, picking five, picking what to eat is difficult. I won't lie to you, it's difficult. Usually you'd pick like, um, out of the nine, you'd pick four and then you'd weigh in your options. Like, yeah, I like the burger, but then the pizza tastes better because it has more chicken. Like, you see that type of thing. So his dad um, offered to pay and he was like, um, what do you boys want to eat? In my head, I was, I, was, I was thinking either like KFC or McD's, you know? <laughs> Either KFC or McD's. So, I already made up my mind, actually. It was, it was KFC, of course. McD's sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, I made up my mind for KFC. And I looked at the kid. I asked him, what do you want to eat? He's like, I'll eat whatever you're going to eat. I'm like, what? Well, that's weird, dude. Don't you know what you want to eat? And he's like, no, I actually don't. And then he looked at his father. He's like... He's like, what must I eat? And then his father's like, whatever you want to eat, kid. He didn't say kid, he said his name, but like confidential. I've got to be confidential. 
and the kid was just he didn't know he was really conflicted like he was it's as if the the look on his face looked as though like all the pressure on the world was on top of him but he's just picking food you see this is the this is the repercussions of parents choosing everything for the child it's to the point he can't even choose what to eat no guys this is not okay end of story we we ate um debonairs out of the option but like at least we enjoyed it at least the rap my fellow thursday yens i don't know what that is or how you spell it but i'm just going to roll with it i hope you guys learned a thing or two about only child syndrome and how it's a stigmatized stereotype that society has made and if you are an, if you are an only child and you listened to this podcast and you resonated or related to some of the stories or to the three types of parents i want you to talk to me and tell me what you think and apart from that if any of you liked the podcast then just give it a like and if you didn't then give it a dislike i hope you guys learned about the three parents and about only children and that if you guys will or will soon have children that you won't become any of those three parents so you'll have children like me Enjoy your day guys. See you all next week Thursday.